Hi, I'm Rick Ryman, host of Audibly Speaking, a show on the stories behind the stories of our time. By sounding out on these stories, we give voice to them and hear them for the first time. From the news of the day to history and literature, from audiobooks to leaders on the stump, we examine the backstories of our time, audibly speaking. Today, in 2021, many attacks on Asian Americans that have brought shame to this nation are explained by the constancy and intractability of racism in our history. But if we were not so ignorant of this fact, we might have vowed to end that stain and commit to acting differently. It is my opinion, based on a look back at previous episodes of anti-Asian bigotry in American history, that these present-day attacks simply could not happen if only the attacks in our history were seen now for what they were then, as utterly irrational and racist in all their essentials. A case study is the internment of Japanese Americans in concentration camps during World War II, American concentration camps. During my college teaching career of 35 years, I have time and again encountered callow college students, practically programmed from childhood, to see the Japanese Americans as somehow responsible for their own victimhood in the war. My students routinely write of them as Japanese. The wartime trope that immigration changed them not at all, that the racial strains were undiluted, as one person said in World War II, has carried over for too many across the generations. It is news to my students when I tell them that two-thirds of the Japanese Americans, so interned, were American citizens by birth, just as most of my students are. Still, many think that they could not be trusted. Too many tropes of the war continue to be recycled and uttered robotically by the otherwise idealistic young people I teach, as if Americans today had exchanged their 21st century brains for those of their most benighted ancestors. Let me go over just a few of the facts of that infamous history of the worst violation of civil liberties ever in our past, something that former Vice President Walter Mondale called a roadmap to the destruction of all our civil liberties. First, before they were rounded up, Japanese Americans were super-patriotic Americans who supported the Japanese American Citizens League, though it did them no good. Second, a 1988 U.S. government report endorsed by President Ronald Reagan, no bleeding-heart liberal he, declared the wartime relocation to be a result of racism, wartime hysteria, and a failure of presidential leadership. Third, nativistic prejudice by white Californians who resented Japanese Americans as economic competitors swayed the Roosevelt administration to disregard the U.S. Constitution and target the innocent in the name of national unity after Pearl Harbor, simply because most Japanese Americans lived on the West Coast and because they could be conveniently rounded up on the West Coast. In parts of the U.S. where Japanese Americans were few in number, or where, as in Hawaii, they were so numerous as to be vital to the local economy, 
they were left alone. This shows the intellectual bankruptcy and insincerity of those who cried national security, since Hawaii was an actual theater of the war. And if national security was truly a concern, wouldn't the Japanese-American population in Hawaii have represented a threat? But they didn't represent a threat, of course, and it was inconvenient to indulge the racism of the country there. So Japanese-Americans were left in peace, and of course, in peace Hawaii remained after 1941. Fourth, not one act of sabotage was committed by a Japanese-American before or during the relocation period. Racists used this as an argument for relocation, saying that the lack of sabotage proved that Tokyo was holding them back for an act at some distant appointed time. This is an example of the fallacy of the argument, heads I win, tails you lose. Fifth, of course the Japanese Americans were not referred to by that name, nor even as Japanese, erroneous though that moniker would have been. They were called Japs, an effort to dehumanize them that exposed the racism behind the whole infamous affair. Sixth, while the concentration camps were not death camps as the Nazi camps were, more people were born in the American camps than died there, they had this similarity with the Nazi camps. They were places where innocent citizens were placed behind barbed wire and machine gun toting guards, not because of anything they did, but because of who they were, and for reasons of assumed racial threat. In 1944, the Supreme Court covered itself with shame by absurdly upholding the constitutionality of concentration camps for U.S. citizens and aliens alike in Korematsu v. U.S. This Supreme Court precedent has never been reversed, and thanks to this precedent, if you are a U.S. citizen today, you may be made uncomfortable by the knowledge that your citizenship does not protect you from being placed in a concentration camp by the government in a time of national emergency, national emergency being defined by the government itself. So why in the year 2021 are Asian Americans being targeted for their ethnicity and not for anything they themselves have done? Asian Americans, like most Americans, are mostly U.S. citizens by birth. Far from having anything to do with the emergency of COVID, they have died from it in the same proportions as their fellow citizens. Could it be because American history is saturated with racist beliefs about Asians and that many Americans still think that concentration camps USA for so-called Japs is unobjectionable? The catalyst for this painful persistence of racism is that although racism is in the country's historical DNA, the only thing keeping it going is widespread ignorance of that history and of our nation's racist past. That ignorance, unfortunately, seems all too evergreen in the America of 2021. That's it for today's episode of AudiblySpeaking.com. New podcast episodes appear on AudiblySpeaking.com approximately once every two weeks. 
please subscribe to Audibly Speaking on iTunes or whatever podcast aggregator you enjoy. Until next time, this is Rick Ryman. Happy listening.